Welcome to Six Pack. I'm your host, Erin Inselman. This is an uncut show that supports parents in the enjoyment of raising children and having the fire and spirit to do life, with a side of sarcasm and humor, of course. I'm a mom of six, a wife, and a business owner in the health and fitness industry. Each week, myself and other experts will be sharing pointers and stories on parenting, self-growth, health and fitness, and relationships. Join me for this real and raw show dedicated to sharing tips, tribulations, and the triumphs of everyday life. Welcome back to another episode. Thank you for joining us again. Brian is here with me and we have our monthly health segment coming up today. And we wanted to talk a little bit about trigger points, how to use the foam roller, the difference between passive and active stretching, just different things that we can do to take care of our bodies in order to, you know, keep them healthy and keep you know, pain down and release some of that lactic acid that might be building up after workouts as well. So Brian, thanks for joining us again today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So there are many different tools out there that allow our bodies to achieve structural integrity. And I wanted Brian to maybe kind of break that up a little bit for us, talk about how to use foam rollers or what even foam rollers are, if you're not aware of that. Also to use Trigger Point as there's actually a company called Trigger Point that has has different tools that you can use in order to help help relieve pain and tightness, and then also um, just the difference between passive and active stretching. So, Brian, can you just kind of maybe begin and talk a little bit about foam rollers and the use of foam rollers as well? Sure. So, foam rollers are well. There's many different types of foam rollers. Um, the most common or the most the beginning ones are just a big foam roller. It's a rolled up in a cylinder. Yeah, it can be pretty dense. The density will change depending on your purpose of using it and what you want to accomplish. And that's kind of what that is. So what they're looking to do is to mimic what a massage therapist might do to you and your body. So instead of going to get massage therapy, it's something you could do on your, on yourself or again, somebody else can do it on you as well, but it's more of a self-relief type therapy. And the goal of those are to either do like a myofascial release or a trigger point release for your body. And what myofascia is, so like if you think about your body, so myo means muscle. And then fascia is like this tissue that's kind of overlapping and surrounding the whole body. And the one explanation to me that made a ton of sense is like if you think about like this, the wrapper, saran wrap, right? And you're going to wrap up let's say like some candy and you take the saran wrap, you wrap it around the candy and there's extra that's off the edge. You keep that. And then you wrap it around the next piece. You don't tear it. You wrap it around the next piece. You don't tear it. You wrap it around so the next piece. you like a chain? Yeah. So they're all like combined together and that's what actually creates your muscle. And then all those the extra pieces on the end create like your tendon and it just kind of goes right into the rest of your body and it never tears. So it's like, it's one continuous piece throughout the whole body in a sense. So a lot of times what happens with that fascia, it can actually bind up or get really tight and then things don't move very well underneath it. Mm-hmm. And one another analogy of that is like if you took your shirt and then you grabbed it with your fist and kind of scrunched it and then you see all those little wrinkles throughout the whole shirt and it kind of that's fascia can go any which way and it goes far away from you as well. So it's not always just at the point of where you have your tenderness or aches or pains. It can be anywhere. So what we do with that is you're looking to relieve a lot of those things. And that's where foam rollers can come in handy with that to whether you can start on the area of the focal point where you feel it or the main point of focus and then kind of even dissipate 
further away from you and kind of break up that tissue as well to kind of give you some relief. The other thing is what trigger points, another thing it does is to help relieve trigger points. And what those are, are there's basically focal points of basically irritable spots on your body that are just kind of, you know, tight, spasms, painful, different things like that, that may be chronic, actually. So we have different trigger points throughout our body. Oh, yeah, you have, they're they're anywhere and everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you get them from many different things, just from doing something over and over again, turning always in a certain way, uh, just putting strain on your body a certain way, or just holding positions a lot or abnormal positions. And they lead to issues over time, and they can decrease range of motion, and they could just basically increase pain. So a lot of different things like that. So a lot of those times is you'll have trigger point release, Mm -hmm. which is your therapist, um, either massage therapist, physical therapist, somebody else that can do soft tissue work might dig in and look to relieve those trigger points to kind of give you that spark of relief. And once they kind of get in there, it may be painful while they're doing it, but then it relieves that muscle and it relaxes and you feel a ton of relief. Your range of motion increases, things such as that. So, so let's talk about some of those tools, because like you said, the, the, like the myofascial release, like that can actually be done manually. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then, but so some foam rollers actually are looking to do the same thing. Okay. So those ones may not be as dense, right? Mm -hmm. So you may be having ones that are just a little softer. You can roll over the top of that because myofascial Fascia relief is it's not like a deep tissue thing. It's more right. of a soft tissue. And some people feel like, well, you're not even doing anything. But as it works, how the therapist will do it, like, for example, I do it. And I, I kind of just wait until the skin just kind of relieves, like mm-hmm. just kind of gives. Yeah. So what are you when you're actually touching someone and you're doing that technique? What are you feeling for? I'm feeling for just spots of like tightness mm-hmm. or just a change in pliability of the tissue yeah and i'm just feeling for the just those differences you can kind of tell when there's muscles that are just normal blood flow going through it and they're just nice soft supple you know and pliable and then there's times where it's just kind of not like leathery or just kind of gritty or mm-hmm. just tight and right something different yeah so. I, I totally get that gritty part because there's there's a couple times in the clinic where you know brian's asked for some help or something like that and i've actually used a trigger point ball and i've taken it you know across an area of a person and i can f- feel through the ball that grit yeah sometimes when i'm rolling right. like over somebody's you know low back area or you know especially you know up through their traps or something like that i can so i understand that grit type feeling you know that you can feel when you're using that technique on someone and the more that i would do it it kind of like you said it it becomes a little bit more pliable and you kind of feel like a release a right. little bit so yeah so you kind of apply a low level a load of tension across that to to cause that to just finally relieve underneath it. And then that, what happens is that fascia then kind of goes back to its normal pliability, normal uh, elasticity, and then you have the tissues underneath it can move better, blood flow goes through there better, you get some healing that tends to happen rather than when it, when you get that binding of that, you get a decrease of blood flow, you get a decrease of all those things, and, and pain increases as well, so then you have issues. So, And that's where like... Now, if you're not able to have somebody do the myofascial in person, Mm -hmm. then you get a foam roller that can kind of do the same thing to where you can lie on top of it. And most of the times you see people doing that on your on your legs. Yeah, Um, like a quad or something. Yeah, your your thigh, your low back is a good one. Calves are another one. So that you're doing this while you're lying on top of it where it's not so intense, but it's, it's something that could kind of 
relieve some of those that aches and pains or those other things that are going on. And then you could kind of get more into the trigger point release. And that's kind of more along the lines of what, like you mentioned, the trigger point therapy, where they have the they have many different types of foam rollers. They have bumps in them. There, there's different densities of those where they're they're more intense or less intense. So they have different ridges on them. Then there's different balls that are harder or softer, to, depending on how deep you want to get into the tissue. But they're more intended to go deeper into that tissue to get down further into the muscle belly and really get down to more of that trigger point to in that painful area. So it's going to be a different type of intensity that you might use with that. And again, we use those all over the all over the body and you have them everywhere in your body. So you'll see a lot in your like your upper back, your upper traps, I mean your neck where you get that that tightness right along the the base of the neck there in the shoulder area. You might need to dig into that a little bit to relieve some of that upper back down the middle of the spine, low back and your glutes are a big one. Your quads are another one. And so you want to get deep inside of those areas to allow for that muscle to release and to give you that relief that you're looking for. Right. And there's a couple different brands of obviously tools that you can use, but one that, you know, that Brian and I were trained on and that we use actually in our clinic is trigger point, which is tptherapy.com. If you're looking at um, any type of these products or anything that we're talking about as well, but we actually, gosh, we have, not only do we have sets at the clinic that we use on clients, but I think each of our kids have a set of, especially the trigger point ball right. that we have at, and a roller that they keep with them. And then we have them as well because Brian and I use them on a daily basis just because of the, the, that, like Brian said, that repetitious movement sometimes that we do day to day has a tendency to, you know, help us or creates a platform, I guess, of barriers within our body. And so by using that trigger point, it just kind of helps like relieve, you know, some of that tension that happens from that day to day movement. Yeah. And then you have, like if you have, if you're a runner, not only just for the thighs and the, the IT band area, but also in your calves or the bottom of your feet tend I, to get really yeah, tight. I use it on the, every single morning, I use it on the bottom of my feet. And I mean, I'm, I don't know if I would consider myself a runner or not. I mean, I enjoy to run. It's not the only type of activity that I do, but I usually run three to four times a week. And I just, I don't know. It's its kind of like as, as I've gotten a little bit older, I have different aches and pains, of course, but the bottom of my feet you know, kind of, it takes a toll on the running a lot. And so I use the footballer, which is kind of a, a smaller device that's made by trigger point where you can use it like on the bottom of your feet. It's a lot of time it's used on the calves area as well. So um, that's one thing that I use. And what it is, is it targets and it breaks up any like adhesions and the trigger point kind of helps restore that elasticity in the bottom of my foot. And it reestablishes kind of that like natural range of motion for me. And so it definitely helps with range of motion in my foot and my ankle and reduces the amount of time that, um, that when I'm running then that my foot actually, you know, stays on the ground and helps minimize like the strain that I sometimes get up through my calves and, you know, through my hamstrings and and my quads as well. Right. Just that that pliability starts to improve. The the more frequent you use some of these tools too, the the better the pliability of the tissue, the healthier it will be. The tissues will move a lot smoother. You'll have more blood flow through the body. 
just a lot of healthy things. What's it's interesting now, if you look at like, for example, just the brand trigger point therapy, they started off more like with their grid foam roller, which they kind of talk about. There's different, different widths of some of the, oh, they have grooves in there, right? So, and some of them are to mimic the palm of your hand. Some of them to mimic the fingers of your hand. Some of them make the side of your hand for a massage therapist to kind of get into the tissue at least different depths. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's kind of why they have that different level. And then they, they go into like the the balls that they have now to where that they're getting, you know, some have a higher density to where they're going a little deeper in there. Some are smaller, so they go deeper. Some are a little bigger, so they don't go as deep. And then they've even got into vibration therapy now too, to where some of the foam rollers now are vibrating to where that, that actually helps to kind of give you a little bit more blood flow to that area. Again, it give, creates a different stimulus to the tissue itself to relieve some of those myofascial release things or the, the trigger points that you get. And another interesting one is, is actually going to the, the Tom Brady's technique, his TB12 technique that he uses vibration type technique as well. So those are always, you know, you see different programs doing that type of thing and it actually can be very beneficial but it it can also break you down too if you do too much as different things so you don't want to overdo those things but you definitely want to you know utilize them as much as can and then it's even gotten into the percussion therapies now we got those theragun type things they even have the theragun type stuff where not very true we have one of those as well yep and so where you can you can utilize that and that just kind of Again, just a different vibration where you can use different heads on the end of it. Some are flat, some are round, some are pointy. Depending on the different part of the body. And not only that, but there's different levels you um, know, of vibration as yep, well. How fast it'll vibrate, the frequency of that, it, it can change. But And that just determines on how deep it gets into the tissue, how much it's going to break down or stimulate the tissue to improve and heal. You know, and, and there's always... There can actually be a too much of a good thing as well. So, you you, you know, just kind of work at that and... What exactly isn't too much? It's hard to say. You just kind of feel that out a little bit and make sure you're being cautious of how you use it. But I found it to be quite beneficial for most people to use. Right. Well, I mean, it, like I said, it's something that it's part of your routine every night. It's something that, that I yeah. use every morning or or anytime, you know, we have kind of some of the, anytime we travel, we always put the, the ball um, oh my gosh, yeah. in, in the bag with us because. Well, I'll tell people even when they're taking long drives, trips, to mm-hmm. take that ball and sit on it and put it in different spots on your glute, your hamstring, your back while you're driving, just to mm-hmm. change that force that's coming through to kind of give you that relief as well. I mean, we talk about doing a trigger point therapy themselves, but you can, a lacrosse ball works just as yeah, well. Right. So a you, tennis ball isn't quite, you know, I mean, yeah. a tennis ball, it'll still work for you, you know, if, if you're just gives kind of starting quite out. A bit. But yeah, there's a little bit of give to it where a lacrosse ball is just a little bit more dense, a little bit more hard. Right. And so you're going to kind of get that same effect that, you know, a brand name type a ball would use as well. There's even sites online that are dedicated to doing different types of foam rolling. And they'll utilize, like I said, just real cheap for you. You can just go grab lacrosse balls or even PVC pipe and the different thicknesses of that. They'll utilize that to roll out or lie on top of and kind of roll out the same way that you would a foam roller and just be as effective. I've even seen it to where people use the barbells themselves and roll out as a foam roller type situation. So there's many creative ways you can do this. Some are going to be a lot more intense than others. I do know from the techniques that I utilize with muscle activation technique, some of them, depending on how intense you go, can actually shut down muscles. So you do need to be kind of somewhat cautious of that. Don't go too intense. You know, you kind of feel that it may be a little painful when you first start doing it. And sometimes doing them, you want to, you can work on range of motion while you're doing it. And you may feel some pain with it. 
But as long as it's not too intense or sharp, you should be typically okay. But just like I said, just those are some things that I would do to kind of relieve some of that aches and pains and improve range of motion too. Yeah, but I mean, and and in speaking with, you know, you said like we relieve some of those aches and pains, you know, a lot of times like, you know, whether it's it's post-workout or, you know, it's a great recovery, great recovery tool. Yeah. But I, I would also say it's a it's a great tool to use even prior to working out to get your body ready. Sure. Yeah. You get more, you basically loosen it up in a sense and get that blood flowing to those areas so that now you can perform the the activity you want to do with uh, just with more ease. Right. So kind of in speaking with that and, you know, preparing our bodies to, you know, get ready for an activity, you know, get ready for a workout, something of of that sort. (laughs) Can you kind of go over the difference between passive and active stretching, maybe giving the definition of each and then the benefits of, of them or not just sure. the benefits, but the the issues that can kind of arise, you know, with with one compared to the other. So passive stretching or passive active range of motion is obviously something that your body is not doing under its own force, under the own muscular force, I should say. You could be doing, for example, one way is somebody else is taking your body through range of motion and, you, and you're allowing that to happen. You're not fighting it. You're not helping it. It's just happening. So what Brian means by that is like, for example, you know, say you're sitting in a seated position, legs out in front of you and someone's behind you and they're pushing down on your back or something like that. Sure. To kind of help For you like, get, a hamstring like a deeper stretch. hamstring stretch. Or so. you, and honestly, you bending over and grabbing your foot to pull you down mm-hmm. into that is actually a passive stretch because right. the muscles that put you into that position are not actively putting you into that position. It's something else that is passively doing it. So the muscle that's supposed to do it isn't necessarily doing it. You're taking somebody else to kind of put you there to get a stretch, to get a range, to increase your range of motion. And then the active range of motion, active stretching is to where that the muscles that now put you into that position are actively doing it. And that's where you are doing the movement. For example, if I wanted to get my arm all the way above my head and stretch that out, then I'm actively raising my arm above my head to do it. Mm-hmm. And then so the muscles that put me into there are now having to do the work to put me in right. that position. Not as if I'm taking the other hand and Correct. raising that arm up and holding that yep. as well. Right. And so, or so I'm not that, letting gravity assist me. That is the, that's kind of the difference yep. in that. Yeah. So there are definitely benefits of each and there's risks of each, right? So obviously the the benefit of passive range of motion is that one, the biggest one that I use as a therapist is that, for example, if you just had surgery and we don't want you to actively move the muscle because you may have some type of surgery that can cause more stress to it if it is being moved, if you're moving it. So I move it so that you don't create adhesions. You don't create things that stop your range of motion from going through its natural range of motion and causing you to get like frozen shoulder, for example, something to that effect to where that now once you're able to do those muscles, they don't move the way they're supposed to because you have something else that's locked it up. And so we want to make sure that we're going through the range of motion in a safe manner to allow for your body to move through that safely and without muscles being, you know, compromised. And so then the active range of motion now goes into the fact where you are moving your body further and further into that range of motion. Again, as a therapist, I'll have people do it to kind of now I'll progress them from passive range of motion to an active range of motion. It's actually was active assisted, meaning that they may take a stick and kind of help them move it up or they're still moving it up, but a stick is now assisting to the fact that we're now they're no longer using a stick to do that. You can use these things as warm-up activities as well or passive activity or, or I should say um, recovery activities 
after your workouts and things such as that. So like, but they've kind of gone away from some of these things. So I'll kind of explain a little bit. So with passive range of motion, a lot of times what that means is that you're looking, many times people do it is to increase the range of motion in a muscle or, or a joint to allow for them to go to a certain range of motion because they feel that they're tight. Mm-hmm. And let's just choose, say, for example, the hamstrings, you know, they're tight. You want to stretch them out so that you get better range of motion. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you kind of something just in real simplistic terms. So your body is pretty smart, right? It doesn't just naturally just, you know, as a joke, say, you know what, Aaron, today we're just going to random. I want your hamstring to be really tight today. I'm just going to just mess with you today. And you're going to have some tight hamstrings. I'm just going to just jack with you. So you have that happening. There's a reason for you having tight hamstrings, right? It could be that it's protecting you from going to a position that it may not be able to control very well. So that if you did get to that position, you may not cause damage to yourself. Mm-hmm. So your body says, "Uh, uh-uh, Aaron, you're not supposed to go there. So I'm going to stop you from going there. And this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it tight. So that makes it really difficult to get there. But we are obviously we're smarter than our body. We're we're the brilliant human beings that we are, that we feel like we need to stretch further into that range of motion because I want to get there. You know, I know that that's going to do this. So you have a couple of things that can happen in that scenario is that one, I can increase my range of motion. And get to that position, my body's just going to say, you're not that smart. I'm just going to tighten right back up because you really are not able to control that. So you just tighten right back up. Or now that you've increased that range of motion, body says, all right, fine. You want to get there? Fine. I have no clue what's going to happen. I, you just open up Pandora's box. Now you may have an injury. So you got to be cautious of those things. So if you're not doing something to reinforce the new range of motion that you have just opened up by strengthening it or increasing the muscular's ability to handle that position, you could be causing yourself more damage. So it's important that you not only just if you want to do passive stretching, that you follow it up with something else that allows for you to get to that range of motion out on your own actively. And that's where the active range of motion comes in play. This is why actually, if you look at now sports or even how you people warm up for an activity, they no longer do this passive stretching. They've right. kind of gone away from that. Right. For that fact, because now, I mean, it, you think about not only will you give, increase your chance for getting an injury, but also if you really think about the movements you're doing, say, for example, I'm going to go play, let's say football, and I want to increase my hamstring flexibility as we've been talking about it. So in reality, if I playing football, do I really want to have my knee touch my nose when I'm playing? And if I do, do I want to teach the muscle to shut off when I get to that position? What I really wanted to do is I wanted to get me if I want that range of motion, but I want to get out of it as quickly as I can. So I need those muscles to respond as fast as possible. And what I've done is I trained my body to relax in that position, which is the exact opposite thing that I want to do. So you're kind of counterintuitive of what you really want to do in a sporting activity. So doing it prior to an activity like that is not as conducive as it used to be thought to be. And they're finding that maybe you cause more injuries when you do it that way. So they do more of an active range of motion to that. Now I'm going through, like, for example, you see form running type stuff or where you you're going through and you're doing walking lunges while you're rotating or doing something to that effect. Or you're doing Frankenstein walks while you lift your leg all the way up to your hands above your head or whatever it might be so that you are actively putting yourself in those positions. So the muscles do it. Mm -hmm. And now you've increased that chance for you to get, to that position many times and get out of it quickly as well as increase your stability for it and you've also increased the core temperature of your body which is what you want to do when you're warming up Mm -hmm. by having those muscles going through that range of motion and and the joints now going through it too because then also you get the fact of when you have 
synovial joints, which is like the muscles, the joints that move and like, for example, your hips, your knees, things like that. When you're going through those range of motions, naturally, you increase the the synovial fluid coverage around the joint itself, like in a sense, lubrication Mm -hmm. for that joint. And it moves much better. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefits of doing active range of motion prior to an activity. And that's where you do your warm up, right? Passive range of motion is maybe something you might do at the end of something like that. And that's where like, you know, your cool down stretches might be helpful. You're not going to go out and once you're done, you're going to well, just... your body's already warmed up. It's already, right. yeah. It's, so you're more, more Like more you said, pliable. I mean, yep, you're a little bit more pliable. And so... It's a good way to kind of just calm down your body, get the heart rate going down and allow for the muscles just to kind of relax a little bit at that point. What is your take on like after a workout and stuff like that? Stretching and cool down, so to speak. Like, is it something that's always necessary to do? You know, I I know that there are a lot of studies that show that it is beneficial. Um, there are things that do. Do I do it personally? Not really. I just pretty I, much I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of depends on my workout. But most of the time, I don't do any type of a, a stretch or anything like that afterwards. But I do know that it is helpful. So, like, you know, like I'll give an a. a a quick example of like Ramwad in mm-hmm. a sense, those are geared to do. Well, explain, after. explain. Well, Ramwad is R O M W O D. R O M means range of motion. W O D is workout of the day. So mm-hmm. range of motion workout of the day. And it's kind of geared towards after you've done your weight training workout right. to where that, you know, now it may be good for you. You just gone through a pretty intense resistant training workout to where the muscles are kind of now tight and full of blood that may be doing some type of range of motion afterwards. And there are many times it's like yoga poses, yoga style poses. It really poses. is actually. I mean, I feel like it mimics that a lot. Oh, a lot totally. Of yoga poses. Well, that's what they, he even goes through. That's, that's what they really are. But it allows for those muscles to just become you know, again, more pliable allows for the blood to kind of dissipate out of that just a little bit better. And just any of the lactic acid that you build up is also improved. Mm-hmm. So it is quite helpful, I guess, for me personally, I just look at time thing, time constraints, and I just need to move on. So I don't do it as much. But I, I do find that, you know, yeah, it would be very, very beneficial to do those things. And that's why a lot of those guys do. And people that have have a little bit extra time or maybe you take out some of your workout just to get that in because of the fact that, you know, you might need that better. And just because of how your body is feeling overall after a workout and that should help alleviate a lot of those aches and pains that you might have just because the muscles and joints feel really tight and stiff. Right. So I I guess I would recommend if if you've never done any type of foam rolling or trigger point work or anything like that to, you know, look up some things online. You can always DM us. You can ask us any questions on it as well, because it's something that we both keep in our daily routine. And it's definitely something that just keeps everything a little bit, like Brian said, a little bit more pliable. For me, it helps a lot with different aches and pains that I have, you know, from like a constant movement, you know, within my running as well. And so, you know, I would, I would suggest maybe looking a little deeper into that, if that's something that you don't do, or even making it part of your routine, whether it's daily, or like Brian said, you know, even if you can take a little bit of time once a week, you know, within your workout time to do some type of range of motion. And a lot of these can be found even on YouTube or, you know, even if you just do some of the yoga poses to continue to help, you know, keep that body loose and keep it pliable as well. So again, if you have any questions or anything, send us a message and then I would definitely to look a little bit further into it. Brian, do you have anything as far as concluding, you know, how to get people kind of I guess, more involved in, 
you know, the trigger point or looking at things for active range of motion? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned just looking at YouTube type things. There's a lot of lot of tools out there to help you with just getting involved with that or just testing that out. There are books that are distinctly written for that stuff. It can kind of seem overwhelming, but doing a little bit, just like getting a, like I said, just grab a lacrosse ball and then rolling it on some of those areas of your body. Yeah, just, just see, how it feels. see how it feels, you know, right? You may really enjoy that. It may be a little bit uncomfortable at first, but as you kind of roll it out and you feel how that muscle relaxes, the blood flows through it, it kind of just feels good. So I would increase the opportunity to do those things. Like I said, like everyone mentioned too, I guess I do it every single night as far as rolling out. I, I'm leaning over people all day long. I want to roll out my back as much as I can so that it's prepared for the next day and it feels good and I get, get reset myself in a sense. So that's there. That's always good to do. You know, I, I do passive range of motion very cautiously in a sense, because I always make sure I follow it up with some type of isometric or muscle active range of motion so that I don't shut down muscles with that. Cause actually with the muscle activation technique that I do, passive range of motion is one way I, I use it to shut down a muscle. I mean, that's just point blank. I've had, you know, you even see like where I've got dancers or gymnasts or cheerleaders where they'd go through and they do all this, this vigorous stretching routine right. prior to their activity right. and they're hurting themselves all the time. And that's, I show them how this is what happens. You just shut down all your muscles yeah. when you did it. So, you know, I think that increasing your active range of motion movement prior to the activities will be very helpful for you. You'll find yourself being much better prepared. Your body will be ready to go. You'll be warmer. And then, you know, maybe doing something like that towards the end of it, you'll find a big difference in how your body moves and recovers. Well, Brian, thank you for kind of taking us through, you know, those different things step by step. And listeners, hopefully it's kind of given you some different tools and different thought process and, you know, how to prepare your body for your workout and then also to help you recover as well. So hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for joining us. We will speak to you next time. Yep, Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Six Pack. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. Please share this episode with a friend. And if you haven't already, click subscribe. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Have a beautiful week. And tell the important people in your life just how much you care about them. Much love and blessings to you all.